Welcome to the Creatives in Focus podcast. Hi, I'm James Reed, fantasy author publishing under JMD Reed. The first volume of my epic 12-book fantasy series, Shadow of the Dragon, is available for purchase. Check out Foundation of Courage. Today, I'm joined by Eric Malachite. He is the author of Ego Trip, Neo Rackham Book One. How are you doing today, Eric? I'm doing all right. How about yourself? Uh, I woke up with a cough, so that that wasn't great. And uh, yeah, that's not great. <laughs> and uh, I'm adjusting to my new prescription glasses that I picked up today, so everything still feels a little wonky. Uh, that's the fun of getting a new pair of glasses. So, yeah, other than that, though, things are fine. Well, that's good, at least. Uh, hope your eyes adjust. They do. Yeah, I mean, I've been wearing glasses since 90, so... Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of interesting. I used to wear glasses, too. Uh, I actually wore my eyes out for a while uh, staring at my computer screen when I was first getting into d- digital art. And, um, yeah, I stressed my eyes out so much that there's like this tiny focuser muscle in your eyes or at least that's how the optometrist explained it to me and temporarily it caused enough damage that i had to uh start wearing glasses uh my vision has since recovered although you know, yeah, you know. my vision's actually recovering too i had to get new glasses because my vision had improved and my old glasses. oh that's great yeah they've been improving for the last like six years yeah uh, yeah weirdly my doctor's like, you're over 40 now. This is where your vision's supposed to actually start to really, like, take a dive. This is, this is where people start getting their reading glasses and stuff. And it's like, but you're going, like, the other way. So he's yeah. like, yeah, I imagine, like, in a decade, you'll be able to see far away, but then you're going to need reading glasses. Because I'm going to, I don't know, overcorrect. I don't know. So it's it's a it's a journey. Must be some something they're putting in the water, right? I have no idea. My roommate, <laughs> my roommate has a worse prescription than me, and his isn't getting better. <laughs> Anyway, so I like to start out my podcast with a fun question. So, Eric, are you a console peasant or part of the PC Master Race? Uh, I have recently converted to being a member of the PC Master Race. All right, uh, I'm currently rocking a RTX 3060, uh, 32 gigs of RAM, um, a i7 uh, 12700K as well. So it's not like the most advanced machine, but it I think it's uh, tops out. It might be better than a PS5. I'm not really sure on that. Well, I mean, to get the most advanced machine these days, it's like 3000 for the video card. Yeah. And Thank you, Thank you Bitcoin. <laughs> I need to sell a lot more books before I could afford a uh, 4060 or whatever's current on the market right now. The yeah. G- I, the GPU cr- prices are nuts. <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah, so, uh, yeah, half your budget's the video card, and the rest, like, you know, the rest of it's fairly cheap. But, like, um... And, and, and like you know, PC Master Race, uh, race is funny and everything, and I enjoy playing on on computer uh, more and more lately. But I still have a Nintendo Switch. Um, I enjoy Nintendo titles and things like that, so uh, I have no problem going back and forth, especially with like a portable machine like that. But you know that Steam Deck does look pretty sexy, so you know who knows. Yeah, who knows. I used to play games all the time. Then I started writing. And my writing yeah. is like all my video game playing time. 
Although I've been playing uh, on Steam, I've been playing the Mega Man Battle Network collection. That's been giving me a ton of ideas for horrific cyberpunk stories, which is ironic because it was written for children. (laughs) Well, I grew up in the 80s, so we had a lot of horrific content for us. Right. (laughs) Yeah, like it was all just terrifying. But, uh, well, let's talk about, uh, so how long have you wanted to be an author, though, first, Eric? Uh, you know, I've been writing stories, making up stories since I was a little kid, you know, since kindergarten, probably. But um, I didn't start writing my first book until around 2010, 2011. It was some mishmash, uh, Mass Effect, Firefly thing that wasn't very good, so it's never going to see the light of day. Uh, but my... After that, I started taking uh, writing short stories a lot more seriously, started studying my craft and whatnot, got really into H.P. Lovecraft, which is why I published so much Lovecraftian horror. (laughs) But I've always been a fan of uh, speculative fiction, dark fantasy, fantasy. You know, my my bookshelf is a disorganized mess of several different genres many of which i write in and am passionate about yeah my bookshelf is just a yeah mine's a mess it's a mix of reference books fantasy books and trash japanese light novels (laughs) yeah i've got a whole uh whole shelf devoted to the dragon ball manga because i am a huge uh, yeah i have the dragon ball manga the like original terrible like um viz releases they did back in the early 2000s where they were like they didn't. They flipped the pages and. Uh, oh, you see, with my release, they didn't flip the f- pages, but it is a later Viz collection, okay. basically. Yeah, so it's it's in storage though. I had a all my older mangas like basically in storage, except for like Berserk. Yeah, I I try to reread Dragon Ball often because it, it's so um uh, like it's the only one that I have in completion because you know uh us authors were not like exactly rich so. Yeah, no, I got that. Um, well, well, some of us are. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm single, and I don't spend much on my, like, I don't have a lot of expenses. <laughs> so I have yeah. a, I, it doesn't take much for me to have a good amount of disposable income. You know, I've been eyeing that Akira uh, collected works at my local Second and Charles, which is an awesome uh, used bookstore down uh, in Richmond, and th- there's a few co- uh, locations scattered across the East Coast, uh, but it's a massive used bookstore. You can get all sorts of stuff. I did a cyberpunk book hunt and found like five or six different copies of things that I didn't. Yeah, uh, I, I found, um, I don't know, I found like on sale on Amazon, like the complete Battle Angel Alita manga box set, like the collector's edition. And it's a, I don't know, it's, it's big hardbacks of like all the manga. So and I also have like the Ghost in the Shell Clayton Fleet collection. I need to read one day. Yeah, I've only got the first Ghost in the Shell manga. Um, yeah, they have like there's a complete collection hardback that's supposed to have all his Ghost in the Shell manga in one volume. Did they fix the printing? Year. I have like, no idea. I have even read like still flip. I it just came out last year, so I don't know. I mean, I think Dark Horse published it. Dark Horse is good about manga these days. Usually, but like I bought <laughs> my copy of Ghost in the Shell from Dark Horse. It's a recent printing, and it was a bit. It the pages were still flipped. Weird. Like, what are you I, doing? <laughs> I don't know. Like I think the only thing from them I ever collected was Berserk, and that wasn't that they always printed that the correct way. Yeah, uh, I think the issue is like 
and we're, we're way off topic, I guess. We are. <laughs> but you know, I think the issue is, uh, as a company, they're like, well, the work's already done, so we're not going to pay for a new translation and to. Yeah, that's fair. It's a lot of work. Everything. Yeah, it's a lot of work to have to do it. Okay, that's fair. Um, I will. <laughs> it's almost with an arm's reach of me. <laughs> but anyways, uh, let's talk about your book, uh, Ego Trip. Uh, oh, sure. While we're here, we're going to talk about Ego Trip, where it's about Paul Anderson Foe. His life's about to change. He's uh, working uh, at a fast food restaurant. I can relate. And uh, then a mysterious girl gives him an opportunity for fame and fortune in some sort of a MMO competition. It's not correct? a competition. Okay. Uh, what, what she does is she, in Neo Rackham, uh, in this universe, and it's expanding into a universe now, um, uh, a lot of... Uh, I guess you would call them gen blanks, younger people who are, uh, you know, just trying to get by. They will t- go into debt and get these full immersion VR implants that allow them to play augmented reality games in what they call meat space. You know, it's physical reality. They don't like it. Uh, most of them, including Paul, spends all of all of his time on Rackham Social in VR, basically living his life uh, in virtual spaces uh, because this is a world that exists uh, that is still recovering in a lot of ways from World War Three, where a ton of <laughs> it was an all out nuclear war between China, Russia, the U.S. and a bunch of other players that I haven't even touched on yet. It's been several decades since then, but many uh, fission nuclear reactors in Canada actually melted down because of, um, uh, holy shit, what just happened? I don't know. Um, you sound fine on my end. My screens went dark for a second. Okay, well, you're good here. <laughs> Nothing happened. Uh, so, yeah, this girl offers him a chance to get one of the latest uh, VR implants that will allow him to do this stuff and not be, uh, I guess... Uh, strapped to a chair, so to speak, with a clunky headset uh, that offers uh, limited sensory uh, input from VR spaces and whatnot. So she does this for him, sponsors him, but it's not what it seems as bodies are starting to pile up all over Neo Rackham and uh, a cyber, a uh, corporate owned cop named Detective Kai Shen is starting to close in on him. And his uh, group of friends that are somehow tied into this mystery. So it sounds like we got some great cyberpunk stuff going on. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's loaded with corporate horror. <laughs> uh, the second book's gonna dive more in that direction. It's essentially cyberpunk diehard in a mega skyscraper, uh, okay. but with a lot of whodunit elements and whatnot added into the story because i'm a big fan of whodunits and i think uh, cyberpunk is an excellent space for detective stories in general well i mean cyberpunk's like just the upgraded noir really i mean if you're doing like a good traditional cyberpunk right it has that same noirish feel to it right but just depends uh, i mean the setting's well, different yeah well, at the very least it's a setting i don't know i've always thought of cyberpunk and noir blending very well together they they do just, uh, but cyberpunk is a lot more than just the noir aesthetic. It's, sure it's yeah, uh, I, insanely political as a genre. It's very left-leaning. It's very anti-corporate. Um, there's a lot of, you know, ironically corporate-presented cyberpunk media that doesn't really fit the genre anymore, so to speak. And writing Ego Trip was really my way of trying to 
not only uh, inject some healthy irreverence in back into the genre, but also to take the piss out of the corporations a little bit. Oh yeah, I mean that's fine. I'm I'm like almost an anarcho-capitalist, so I hate corporations. <laughs> We're in agreement there. Yeah, it's like they're just they're uh I hate I hate corporations. I hate monopolies. I hate um I hate that Amazon is like the place where ninety percent of ebooks are sold. You know. Yeah, and someone just uh, came out profiting off of the suffering of others because my books happen to be on Amazon, and you know the, that's. It's, it's unfortunate that this is the the way that the industry works, but it is, you know. Like, I mean, did they accuse you on like an electronic place, like uh, on the internet? It, on Reddit, yeah. Yeah. So what uh, what Chinese slave factory made their device? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> like, uh, I mean, it, it, it's an incredibly unnuanced position to hold. It it it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's you're uh, yeah, no one's hands are clean if you're going to go that route. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, no, it sounds like a, a great stuff. I mean, you know, you can never go wrong, you know, having, you know, you know, corruption and greed as your enemy, you know. Like I said, I'm an, I'm an, I mean, I'm a capitalist, but you don't have to be greedy. Yeah, I mean, uh, there is an argument for a the uh, hybrid capitalist socialist stru- uh, uh, system that could work. You know, I mean, yeah, the like, thing is, like, uh, money's fucking made up. You know, I well, know. I mean, everything is made up. Yeah, everything, literally. That's fine. So, that's fine. So it's, but it, it's it's a it's a fiction that is that's necessary. And that's yeah, absolutely. Like, it's like we, it's like yeah, we it's need, cool. We need well, it. Well, humans and, humans are storytellers. Yeah. We're all storytellers in some way. We tell yeah. ourselves lies. There is uh, definitely the there's definitely something you know hardwired into us that uh, that separate us, and it, storytelling is definitely one of them. I mean. I, I love this. Uh, there's a channel on YouTube I watch, and he's all about just talking about like you know mythologies and how they're connected and like tracing roots of mythology stories back and you know to like you know stories that are probably were told like when humans were a small tribe in Africa before we had our you know diaspora across the entire world. Yeah. You know, you know, like uh, the old hunting stories and the very basic creation myths and um, flood stories. Like that flood story came out of Africa because <laughs> it's found everywhere. So, yeah, it's fun, though. Like, uh, that's why I like, I don't know, we are, that's what humans are, that's why I write. I love telling stories. Yeah. I love, I, I mean, and I lie to myself all the time. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That's, yeah. That's, that's, I don't know, that's why, that's why I'm a writer. Like, I was, I was outlining something yesterday where I'm like, well, I'm having a character that's basically going to have to, like, I don't know how I got here, but I'm like, oh, wow, he has, he's dealing with all my, like, self-esteem issues. This is, yeah. <laughs> this is great. I'm gonna really, really hurt writing this this character out of this mess. Yeah, I and in fact, like bringing it back to Ego Trip, uh, I I based a lot of the dynamics between Paul and his corpo shill brother uh, between my interactions with some of my own family growing up. You know, I grew up poor, dirt poor, and not because my uh, father didn't make money <laughs> uh it's because he gambled it all away and uh mm. drank it all away um that's yeah. incredibly bad habits ruined his career and you know i can, uh, I can relate to that my my dad my dad got a less than honorable discharge from the air force because he pissed hot he was 16 out of 20 years in yeah yeah like it got so bad we were living in a trailer park in southern california and um 
apparently he was still making like 200,000 a year. I'm like, no way. I was wearing stuff off of like uh, the discount rack or going to the Salvation Army to get clothes. And yeah. this dude was making 200,000 a year. That's how quickly he was pissing it all away. Okay, that wasn't my dad. He just smoked. <laughs> yeah, it's like it, it ruined his like career. You know, I don't know. I haven't even actually spoken to him in 20 years. So I don't actually know what he's up to. But um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it was uh, like like I said, we were we were poor, but we weren't that poor. We were you know living off of like an E6 pay in the military in the 90s. So yeah, I'm not I'm not really familiar with that translation. It's not it's not a uh, it's it's I would say it's probably barely above like the poverty line. So what they okay. would consider the poverty line. Um, so yeah, and oh, he always was working like odd jobs and stuff. Like he was he was like a mechanic and he had all these like tools so he could work on people's cars. So this was back in the like the 80s. He would work you know back on cars when you know a guy in a garage could fix your car without needing a computer to figure out what's wrong with it first. Right, right, right. All these yeah. So this is so he he would do that stuff. He would he did all sorts of stuff like. I think so he, went, he was a hard guy that tried to revive, but it just, yeah. you know, had some rough years when he got kicked out of the military. Yeah, I think uh, it's kind of incredible, especially with cyberpunk as a genre and dystopias. I guess you could say the same thing to um, sort of channel our human collective human suffering in ways to tell incredible stories. But like I, I always like to urge people to try to find the hope in that story because like That's no uh, a friend of mine and i were talking about black mirror recently i love black mirror can't get enough of it but she's just you know she's like i can deal with it in doses but it's so bleak that i can't i just can't you know and i i totally get that you know so i try to have a little bit of hope just just a little bit <laughs> mixed in with my cyberpunk work just to to show that there is still potential for humanity to dig itself out of its uh, present hole so that's why i write fantasy because i i have I'm very much a pessimist about things, so I'm like, you know what? I'm just let's go play in we'll play in fantasy world where I didn't make my characters suffer horribly. But it's always, you know, I don't know. It's always the to drag them into the darkness so that they can then re-enter the light. Suffer through growth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or you know, some of them don't make it. Some of them, you know, they they break on their journey. But um, yeah, you know, they have to. I don't know. That's why I used to think. So yeah, definitely hope. Like that's that's why I'm not grim dark because. I will always bring it back to that hope that things can get better. Uh, right. Right. And I don't necessarily think that grimdark as a genre is limited to, you know, ha- having absolutely no hope in your story whatsoever. I think it's more of a, uh, a visceral approach to storytelling. As yeah. It's just, to, it's, I just think it's like when you're there, it, when it's striving towards having that sort of visceralness, it's like not the to say that there's not like good things that don't happen or anything. It's just that, mm-hmm. Like, I never get, like, the feeling that the world's going to be better when that story's done. It's still going to be the same place. Even if, like, maybe your characters might come out better. I guess. Be yeah, nice. I might say you might want to check out my uh, Selenier's Enigma series, then. It, mm-hmm. It's a balance between grimdark and Lovecraftian horror to a certain extent. And with a mix of Dragon Ball in there, too. It's, it's wild. Ah, <laughs> oh, well, uh, so you're working on the next book in the series, then, I take it? Yeah, I'm trying to wrap up this first draft. It's got its hooks in me, and it will not let go. It's absolutely... It's gone batshit insane. I I will say that. (laughs) 
<laughs> I created this character, this villain in uh, Neo Cyberpunk Volume 3, uh, specifically for that volume. It was not supposed to be something to that would uh, develop later on. I was just, it was a one-off. I implied that this villain, who was called Lovelace the Meat Master, uh, had a past with Detective Kai Shen, and it was a brief mention. You know, he's a brain-hacking, cannibalistic, uh, uh, culinary enthusiast, I will say. Okay. And uh, I've been... He has... uh, He is woven into the DNA of book two because he's so gross and fun to write about. I I just... I couldn't help myself. So the climax... Yeah, I had a a character (laughs) like that. He was like a a serial-killing assassin, and it was just like... He was just like the more I wrote him, the more I peeled back. Like, how did he become this way? Just the the sicker and twist and more twisted he got. You know, it's like you know what, what, what does he? Well, he's an assassin because he likes to kill, and he, you know, he's under the philosophy that if you're good at something, you might as well get paid for it, right? Is true, true. Yeah, yeah. you know, I um, uh, I ascribe to the same um, the same philosophy. Even you know, I, I like to get paid for the things I'm good at. Yeah, and so, and then, like, I was like, well, how did it become like this? Well, I mean, we got to go back to his childhood, and uh, generally serial killers that like to kill women tend to have abusive female parental figure, and then it's like, okay, and then, no, oh, yeah, this gets worse, <laughs> and then it's, and then I stuck him in my main character's head, and then they had a spiritual grapple for who would be, like, in control, whose philosophy, you Man, know. I, I've been thinking about Lovelace's backstory right now, and, uh, whether or not I can even get into it in this book. And I'm thinking I'm going to have to uh, on in the second draft, but it's like to imagine how someone could develop the view uh, the view that uh, cannibalism is okay because 3d printed meat is bad and does uh, lacks any culinary artistic value <laughs> is a wild leap. It's <laughs> fair. Well, uh, if you want to let our listeners know uh, where they can um, find your stuff, and where they can interact with you? Well, uh, you can find either, unfortunately or fortunately, find my stuff on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Uh, I think Smashwords has quite a few titles. Kobo, Apple Books, uh, Tolino, Overdrive, Baker & Taylor, Vivlio. And I'm also on Borrowbox and Palace Marketplace. So, yeah, all of those places are a great spot to pick up my books uh ego trip was supposed to be uh ego trip is 2.99 right now book two is coming out this summer i'm actively working on it and uh it's done when it's done and when it's done right (laughs) awesome well it was really great talking with you eric yeah likewise and uh, i enjoyed this yeah it was great Have have a good one you too you too this has been creatives in focus you can follow my books on Amazon under JMD Read, or join my readers group, Fantastic Worlds of the Imagination, on Facebook to keep up with news and releases.